Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Based on how the news from the past week is hitting some of us, you might be looking for some relief and want to look ahead to the upcoming season. If that's the case, you should really check out Alistair Corp's exclusive interview with Ugo Amadi. It's up at fieldgoals.com. Along with the news that the Seahawks have signed draft pick Colby Parkinson, check out John P. Gilbert's article on how draft pick salaries are impacting cap space. Like I said, check those out if you're looking for a break from the news. Because this moment in time is bigger than football, though, I know a lot of you are tuning in to see how Seahawks players are feeling about the current events. Bobby Wagner spoke to the media earlier this week, and Russell Wilson issued a statement earlier this week saying, We cannot continue to ignore racism as though it has ended or never happened. The continual violence inflicted upon blacks and people of color must stop. We need a change now. We need love. We need compassion. We need grace and forgiveness, even in the midst of the pain. We need true leadership. We need justice. We need equality. And on Wednesday, Russell Wilson took questions from the media following up after that statement and also gave an opening statement and... Rather than the usual press conference episodes I've done in the past where I'll put in some statistics or talk about the broader context behind some of the reporters' questions, I'm leaving the reporters' questions in and just cutting out some of the transitions between the reporters' questions. If you've already heard the press conference, you'll notice that I've changed the order of some of the questions. Russ talked about some of his experiences growing up, and that didn't come until the end of the press conference, but I think it provides some context that might help people understand some of his other answers. So here's Russell Wilson with his opening statement. This is a um, super emotional time, I think, for a lot of people. I know for me and see and, you know, my heart hurts. Like I said in my, um, you know, my letter to you guys and to everybody is my heart hurts because I I see my kids, you know, um, I see a man get murdered on the on the street and uh, it's pretty heavy. You know, it's pretty heavy to watch somebody get murdered like that or killed and I think that uh, ultimately, um, you know, brings a lot of pain. It's a lot of pain, uh, history in, in America. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, in my opinion, hate in America. Um, there's a lot of division. And um, it's something that, you know, I, I pray that, you know, we can be better as people. Uh, I pray, um, we can, you know, that decisions are, are, are made. Um, to, to justify this situation and many other ones that have happened in the past and, you know, whatever else happens and, you know, uh, hopefully nothing else happens in the future, but if something else does, I hope that there can be a precedent for stuff like this happening. What's happening in the, you know, some of this um, police brutality is, is, is staggering. And, and, and honestly, um, it's not the, it's not, it's not something I understand fully. Um, it's pretty emotional just to watch some of the videos. And I think about um, even, even in Seattle, you know, my home, uh, watching some of the things that are happening there, it's uh, pretty heavy, um, you know, and so I don't have all the answers. Sometimes I, I feel like I always normally have some answers for you guys, um, but I don't have all the answers. But the answer I do know is that, um, is that it's important that we understand that, um, you know, me being an African-American, being, being black is, is a real thing in, in America. It's a real thing in the sense of, uh, you know, the history and the pain and even my own family, personally, uh, my, 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 you know, my, my, my great, great grandparents were slaves and everything else. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of history there. And I think that, um, what I'm praying for is that, 
we learn how to love, we learn how to communicate, we learn how to overcome, we learn how to, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to try to, you know, have a have perspective. You know, I know for us as a, as a team, um, we've been having a lot of conversations. Um, a lot of the guys, we've been spending a lot of time talking and, um, you know, and I think uh, we've been, as you guys know, obviously, you know, with our team, we, we, we talk a lot, you know, we get to communicate a lot in different ways and try to figure out, you know, how do we make this world a better place? How do we make our communities better? How do we, even as teammates, how do we make sure that we, um, you know, treat each other always with respect and love and care and understanding, um, you know, and, uh, and just try to grow. And, um, you know, for me, you know, it's it, when, when you think about the idea of black lives matter, they do matter. And the reality is, is that me as a black person, um, you know, people are getting murdered on the street. People are getting shot down and, and the understanding that, you know, it's, it's not like that for every other race. It's like that in particular, um, you know, for the black community. And, you know, I think about, you know, my, you know, my stepson, I think about, you know, my daughter, I think about, I think about our, our, our new baby boy on the way. And, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of staggering. It's, it's, it's staggering to watch these things happen right in front of our faces. And, uh, so I, I have a, I have a heavy heart right now. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, like I said, I don't have all the right answers or anything. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't even want to talk about football right now. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing that I don't even know what that looks like down the road or anything else. And I think that none of that matters. I can't compare football to, to life and what, what, you know, black community is going through right now. And, um, you know, what I do, what I, I what I think is right. I think that people should have the ability to peacefully protest and to be able to, you know, express, you know, their frustration, their hurt and their pain, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't believe in the, the extreme amount of violence that's going on, even, you know, um, you know, when people are getting pulled over, I saw a video of a, of a couple get pulled over the other day and I think, um, and, and just, you know, pulled out of their car while they were just trying to get, you know, dinner and, and just, uh, completely, brutally, you know, taken advantage of that hurts my heart, you know, to see, you know, uh, you know, young, young girl get maced and to see all these things happen. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not going to be me. That's going to be able to fix it. It's not going to be just one person. It's going to be all of us. It's going to be everybody being able to communicate and everybody being able to, to talk. And, and, uh, and I just, I fundamentally believe that it's important that we understand that, um, this has been going on for, you know, 400 plus years and, uh, it's a real issue. And, um, so anyways, I, I just wanted to, um, let you guys know, I, I really don't want to talk about football. Um, you know, I think there's a time and place for everything. Um, uh, the God that I believe in the Jesus that I believe in, um, uh, you know, has sacrificed for us all. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, for me, you know, I, I want to love like Jesus did, you know, I want to be able to care like Jesus did. And, and, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, I, you know, I, me, C, and my family and everybody else that I can hopefully have an influence on, um, you know, can continue to grow with me and with us and everybody else. So, um, I, you know, like I said, I don't want to talk about football. I, I think about the pain of George. I think about Ahmad. I think about Brianna. I think about these people that have been, you know, hurt the way and murdered. And it's just, uh, it's a lot of pain on my heart right now. So, um, anyways, I guess I'll, I guess I'll open this up and, uh, 
and uh, a lot of questions or anything. And if I don't have the answer, um, you know, I may not have the answer, um, but just uh, hope you guys understand. Hey, Russ, uh, what you said just now and even in uh, the statement you put out recently is, is probably the strongest we've heard you uh, on this topic in, in, in quite some time since Colin kind of brought it to the forefront in 2016. Curious if anything has maybe changed for you or it's become maybe closer to home over the past few years. Like what, what has kind of changed? I don't think I don't think anything's changed. I think racism is, you know, is is heavier than ever. It's 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 watching somebody get murdered in the street, you know, and you know by the people that are supposed to protect, um, you know, it's just to be able to see that on 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 your Instagram or Twitter or whatever. It's it's a it's appalling, um, you know, and it just it it pains my heart, you know, and um, I think, you know, I've I've always you know, understood that racism is real. I've always understood that. I, I am being a young kid and my dad telling me stories, my grandfather telling me stories of in the fifties and sixties. And, you know, my, I remember my dad, he said, you know, when I turned 15 years old, my dad, you know, talking about, you know, you know, when I get my, uh, you know, driver's license and I was 16 or whatever, talking about that. And a couple of the players talked, we talked about that, just how we've had had conversations about, you know, if you get pulled over, what are you supposed to say? And the fact that I have to have those conversations with my kids one day is, is a heavy thing, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I think that when I think about, you know, what's changed, you know, not much has changed to be honest with you. I think that the reality is enough is enough with the situation. The reality is, is that, um, you know, I, I think that we have to understand that black lives do matter. It's, 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 you know, a, a, a group of people are being, uh, brutally murdered. Uh, because of the color of their skin. And the bottom line is that's wrong. Bottom line, that's wrong. And, uh, you know, I, it, that's, that's, that's heavy for me. So that's how I feel about it, Mike. Situations where you've had in-depth team meetings before, um, whether it was, you know, in, in Nashville before that Titans game, that I believe that was 2017 or, or other, other times topics like this have come up. Are the conversations you've had the last few days in your team meetings different now? Or are they taking on a different tone than those previous ones you've had? You know, um, it's a great question, Tim. I, I think that they've, you know, I mem- I distinctly remember that meeting in Nashville when we were, um, when we were in Nashville and we had, you know, all the guys in there I and mean, it was right before we played a game and we had, a, you know, we had this, I don't know, it was probably two, two, three hour conversation and it was, it was emotional. Um, you know, I think, you know, all that was going on then. This is another, you know, moment of time of that everything's going on and it's super heavy. And as this is getting continual, you know, not much has changed, obviously, you know, and, you know, in terms of the outside world of it. And so, you know, with, with the Seahawks, when we got to talk at this time, you know, around, um, it was, it was very powerful. You know why it was powerful is because people were able to communicate and not judge, but also to love and have a conversation and, and to be honest with you, our white teammates stepped up and had a great, you know, uh, viewpoint of, Hey, I want to help. I want to make a difference. I want to do something to, around this to, to help change and do my part and whatever small part I can have or whatever big part that I can have. I want to be able to make a difference. And you, you respect those teammates that did, were able to do that. And, and all of the guys on our team were able to do that. And that was really, you know, it doesn't, doesn't heal the situation. It doesn't make it perfect. We can't get it back, unfortunately, but it allows us to look forward and hope 
and then and then the next the the next day, the next moment, the next moment of time to be able to have a conversation and continue to grow. I think we all need to continue to grow. And I think to be able to have those kind of conversations, you know, no, I don't, nobody's, nobody's prepared for what we saw, you know, last week, nobody. And, uh, you know, um, I don't think anybody's emotionally prepared, uh, to answer those questions all the time or to have the perfect answer all the time or anything else. But what I do know is I know for our team that we're trying to continue to find ways to make a change. I know we, we, you know, we're trying to make a difference with what we're able to capable and capable of doing as much as possible. And uh, that's our focus. That's our mission as a team for the Seahawks. When you guys meet, do you, do you leave those meetings with a, with a hopeful feeling that things can get resolved and that there's kind of a, a path out of this? Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, we leave those meetings with, and understanding hopeful i'm always hopeful um because you know i never want to be the other way around but i also am realistic too with knowing that this is going to take some time um this is going to take real change um this is going to take real significant change and um sometimes those things take time but um you know the reality is is that like I said, this didn't just happen tomorrow or yesterday. You know, this didn't happen just yesterday or two days ago. Or, you know, this has been going on for years. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe that um, we're going to do everything we can to be a part of that, you know, change. You know, um, and I think that's what's, what is hopeful for our team, you know, and, uh, and hopefully hopeful for our city, hopefully. Um, because I know a lot of people look up to us as, as a city, as a team. A lot of people look look to the Seattle Seahawks to make a difference and, you know, to be uh, on the forward end of, of the progressive end of change. And, um, you know, I, I know that we'll do everything that we can to make our, our difference as much as we can. It, it, could you tell us more about uh, what it was like for you and your family growing up in Richmond? Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, growing up, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. I uh, moved when I was young, when I was really young. Um, I was, I, uh, I went to collegiate school, which is a private school. Um, and interesting thing, part, part of it was, is that I was around a lot of, um, I was a lot, around a lot of uh, white, white people, obviously with, you know, uh, with going to, you know, the, the private school that I went to. And I think that, you know, a lot of my teammates were white. I had a, a couple of black friends that were on my team, this and that, but, you know, but I also on the other end of it also went to, uh, you know, a church downtown, uh, third street, which was, uh, you know, primarily black church. And my dad was a lawyer. Um, you know, he, and so growing up, you know, my mom was an ER nurse. So I, I was around a lot of different socioeconomic statuses and races, um, experienced a lot. Um, you know, I, I do, I, I recall this and I talked about this in our team, um, uh, in our team meeting the other day on Monday, um, I talked about, you know, how my dad, you know, and, and we had also talked about this with our kind of our, our team too, as well, our, our close internal team too, as well. But my, I remember my dad telling me, you know, all the time, every time I would get out of the gas station, keep, don't, don't put your hands in your, don't put your hands in your pockets. And that was a real reality. And I, and to be honest with you, I didn't, I understood it, but I was like, you know, after a while you're kind of like, Oh, okay. And, 
as you grow older and when you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and you turn 13, 14, 15, you really understand why. And you understand fully, you know, especially now being just turned 31 and having, you know, uh, two kids and a third one on the way, you know, you really understand why the significance of what that means. And the fact that my dad even had to tell me that is a problem. Right. And going to a grocery store, you, you the, the assumption that, you know, somebody may accuse you of stealing or something like that, you know, is, is, a, is a terrifying thought, you know, um, you know, even a little short story, you know, um, a, you know, a relatively recent experience for me. And I was, uh, it was after we won the Super Bowl and I was, uh, at a location, I'm not going to say where, um, but I was at a location and, I was in, I was in California at the time and I was at a place to get breakfast. And so I was in, I was in line and everything else. And an older gentleman, uh, white gentleman told me that's not for you. And I said, huh, excuse me. I thought he was joking at first. And my, my back was kind of turned and, you know, and, you know, I had just come off a Super Bowl, and, you know, and everything else. So, if somebody's talking to me that way, you know, you think about just not that, not that circumstance and how, you know, how people talk to you. So, and that, in that moment, I really went back to being young and not putting my hands in the pocket or not that experience. And that was a heavy moment for me right there. I was like, man, this is really still real. And I'm on the West coast. This is really real right now. Like, and that really, that really pained my heart. But in the midst of that, what I understood was and my my dad always taught me is to not to lash back out in that moment because it, because then it becomes something that you can't it's, it's hard to deal with in that moment so I you know I said excuse me sir but um, you know I, I don't I don't appreciate you you know I don't appreciate you speaking to me that way and you know and he just kind of walked off but in that little glimpse even though it didn't turn into something what if it did and that's that's, that's, that's the sad part about this, what we're talking about. Um, you know, and, uh, I'm praying, I, I am, I'm going to say, I am hopeful that we can change, make a change. I'm hopeful that we're going to vote. I'm hopeful that we're going to, um, that we're going to pick the right leaders to be able to help us in this process. I'm hopeful that, you know, the people that I get to work with and corporations I get to work with help make a change with, with uh, me and Sierra and, and everybody else that we know. And I'm, I'm hopeful. I know, I know that us as the Seattle Seahawks are going to do as much as we can to make a difference. I'm hopeful that there will be a change um, because I'm praying that my kids don't have to grow up in a world uh, where they have to face that much weight every day when they walk outside and worry and pain. And, um, you know, and I, I, you know, I, you know, to me, the sad part about all this is, is that a guy was murdered last week. A guy was murdered last week and there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change. It's not overly complicated uh, in the sense that the reality is, is that it needs to be a change and we need to make a change and it takes time. It takes, it takes every person on this call, it takes the people that you know, make a change and make a real one, make it, make a difference to, to be able to have heavy conversations. It's not easy to have these kind of conversations. Um, and I think though know, for years we've been, you know, America has been pushing stuff under the rug and, and this and that, and it, it and, uh, and having to deal with some of these tough situations and problems. And, you know, my prayer is that, um, 
you know, that we'll pick the right leaders, right people will be able to help. And hopefully I'm, I'm one of those people that can help too as well and make a difference and uh, be a part of the, be a part of the change. And, um, you know, so, you know, I'm praying for George, you know, George's family, you know, uh, you know, Ahmad's family, uh, Brianna's family, you know, and uh, everybody else who's experienced, you know, trauma and pain in this situation, the people that are being, you know, um, you know, really beaten for just simply protesting. I'm praying for them too. Um, you know, and just fundamentally, you know, you guys know me, you know, my faith is, 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 is definitely, uh, the leading force of my life. And I just, you know, I, and I, and I said this the other day, but, you know, I'm praying that people get to know Jesus more, you know, whether if you, you know, believe it or not, I just, for, um, I, I pray that hopefully I can be an example and hopefully I can speak to people. And no matter what we believe, I, I do fundamentally believe that it's, it's gotta be, there's gotta be better. We need better. We need better. We need people to be able to communicate better. We need people to be able to love better, make the right decisions. If you're in a moment of something happening to be able to help make a difference and slow things down. And for, um, you know, for the police policemen that we do have to be the leaders in those communities and to help and to prevent things like this happening. Um, that would be my hope. That would be my prayer. My ultimate prayer is for, you know, my newborn son who comes in the world to be able to live in a world that's not like this. Um, so that's my prayer, you know, and, um, you know, so I know I'll do my part and uh, I understand that, you know, I want to make a difference. I know you're really close with Drew Brees and this morning he had uh, been asked about police brutality and protesting uh, in his role as a leader in the league. And he responded that he doesn't agree with anyone who disrespects the flag in the uh, United States of America. I wonder if you're aware of those comments and if you react to his uh, characterization of the protests uh, and the movement. I was in meetings. Uh, I just got out of the meetings. I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but you know, to me, this, the reality is this, is that, you know, I think when we talk about, you know, I think we, we get lost in the shuffle of, you know, uh, I think we get lost in the shuffle of understanding, you know, I think, for example, when you're talking about, Mike, you're referring to the kneeling part of it, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the reality is that, you know, Colin was trying to symbolize the oppression that was going on in America and that has been going on for 400 years. And, you know, people... You know, I think that people go into a box and want to say, okay, well, this person is this because of that, and that person is that because of that, and because they didn't do this or they didn't do that. And the reality is what Colin was trying to do was that he's trying to do the right thing and trying to stand up figuratively for what was been going on for America. And what I do know is I, I wish I could have been there in Minneapolis to kneel down and, you know, and just help with, you know, you know, help with you know, George, as he's on the floor, I wish like, I wish I could have been there to just help a pro, you know, pro, the people in Seattle that are getting, you know, brutally abused. And, and the reality is, is that we all need to help. We all need to find our own ways of how we're going to love and how we're going to make a difference. And everybody may do it differently. You know, I, I don't know what everybody's going to do and how they're going to do it, but it's calling for, for, for people to understand what's really going on. And, uh, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's heavy on, it's heavy on me. Um, you know, because I think that the reality is, is I think that with Colin in particular, he was, you know, trying to symbolize the right thing, you know, and people may have taken that the wrong way, but I think that he was trying to do the right thing, the bottom, the bottom, the bottom line. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's stood up so many, uh, um, you know, amazing ways to, 
you know, really, you know, stand up for, you know, black lives and what's going on and, and, and the oppression of what's going on and people getting murdered and, and everything else. And I think that it's the right thing that he's been trying to do, to be honest with you. And, uh, and so, you know, the reality is I think also Colin Kaepernick, should, you know, you know, I think that he, you know, is a talented football player, you know, and, and when he had the chance to play, you know, you know, I think that I said that before to you, Mike, you know, so that, you know, I remember, you know, playing against him, man can play some football, but you know, he, he stood up for something that's way more greater than, than, than football. And that's people's lives. You know, he was standing up for his kids' lives one day, he's standing up for people that have come, you know, come and gone and standing up for, um, you know, uh, everybody else's kids who are, who are, who are African-American and, and the oppression that's been going on. Do you think it would have helped the situation at all and awareness in America if he had a job and it had been playing since he started protesting that his platform could have been more widely heard or understood? Um, that, that's, that's an interesting question. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that obviously, you know, being in the NFL allows, you know, you know, him playing every Sunday and all that would definitely be able to help. Who I think would fix the situation. I, I, I no, you know, <laughs> racism been going on for 400 years. I think there's, it has to be radical changes to our system. I think, um, leaders have to step up African-American, but in particular, you know, um, you know, our, our white leaders too, as well. And, and to be able to speak out and speak up and our companies and, and everything else to be able to make a true difference. I think, you know, in the police force, people need to, there needs to be a change. I think that, um, some, you know, you know, not every police officer is bad by any means, but the reality is, is that I think that there needs to be a process of how, you know, uh, you know, the background checks and, and checking on these people and, and constantly, not just the first time they get hired, but also throughout the whole process. Um, you know, as they're, as they're working to as well. And I just think that there's so much there, um, that needs to be changed. And I think, you know, I think that, you know, Colin should definitely be playing in the NFL, you know, and, and, uh, could have had an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, I remember back when we used to play against each other, like I kind of said earlier, you know, he was, he was a great football player, you know? And so, you know, it's unfortunate, but I also know that he also stood up for something that was way, way greater. And he's, he's had, you know, tons of significance in terms of what he's, what he's meant to, 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 you know, trying to make a change and symbolizing that and, and everything else. And, and looking back now, it's retrospective thinking, but did the Seahawks miss an opportunity in not signing him in that, in that vein? Uh, you know, that, that's really, you know, I think, you know, a peak question, but I think ultimately, you know, I think that, he, you know, he definitely could be on our roster for sure. You know, he can, he can do a lot of great things, you know, He's a, he's a, he's a really talented player. That's for sure. Bobby, a couple of days ago said he challenged me and three fourths of the people on this call as white people to learn and understand and your experiences, whether it's in the media or in public at large is white America learning. Have they progressed at all? At all? I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> that's such a, that's such a big question talking about, you know, white America. I, I think, you know, I, I would say that I don't think everybody understands because you, you, you don't have to go through it every day, Greg, to be honest with you. Yep. You know, right. if, you get pull, if you get pulled over, it's a lot different. You know, if you, you know, they ask, you know, where were you going? What was happening versus the other way around? You know, that, you know, sometimes, you know, the reality is, is that we have to fear what may happen. And there's a big difference in that. Um, you know, when, when a guy gets, you know, uh, you know, think about drugs, you know, when a person gets arrested for, 
the same exact drug, you know? And the reality is, is that the kid may be a, a 18 year old, 17 year old kid or a 19 year old kid. And he's, and he's white versus black. The reality is in our, in our America right now, which is, is a shame is the reality is, is that the 19 year old uh, white kid versus the 19 year old black kid is going to be looked at differently. And, and, and the 19 year old black kid's probably going to get, be, be thrown in jail longer, have a longer process and everything else. And that's, that's a terrifying reality. And that needs to change. There needs to be change and we need a change. We need to make a difference. We need to actually, you know, make sure that we're voting for the right people. Um, and we need to make sure that we're doing the right things that, that allow change and, and, and also, um, across the board of our systems and our systematic, you know, flow of how we do things has to change too as well. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that there's a lot there to unpack, but, it, um, from, from, a from an overall standpoint, that's what I believe. You know, you, you've kind of touched on this point a little bit, but I, I kind of kind of wanted to ask, what do you think that people could start, like some of the small steps that people could start taking to really educate themselves or, or to feel empathy? I don't know about you, but, um, you know, I've had, you know, my white friends, non-black friends kind of reach out to me, like, what what can I start doing to help? you know, create change, you know, in my own small way, what would be your response to people um, who are looking to help, but really don't know how they, they look at, you know, the need for police reform and that, you know, that they, they look at things that are kind of way outside of themselves. But what, what would you say to people that could uh, want to help, but want to do it in their own, you know, maybe small way? Yeah. You know, being, being a great point, I think, you know, the first thing that starts with my opinion is it starts at home. Starts at home. I grew up in Virginia, um, you know, you know, on the East Coast and everything else, and you know, in the South and everything. And the reality is, is that the conversation has to start at home. Our, our parents, our, our our teachers, our leaders need to lead the way they're supposed to lead and communicate and love the way they're supposed to love and do that, you know, better. I also think even, you know, you, you know me, Ben, as a as a faith person. I think from a faith standpoint, you know, I, I believe that it's super important that you know, our churches continue to and try to do more um, togetherness of, of different races and different communications and different things that are going on because the reality is, is that um, sometimes uh, things get separ- separated and, and everything else and people, they put people in a certain box and everything. I think that's, I think communication, you know, in our, in our small groups with our families and friends, um, you know, I, I use Seahawks, for example, as we, you know, it, we broke up into offense, obviously defense. And when we went to the offensive room, we, you know, we had different leaders, um, you know, break out into our little small groups. And, you know, I got to ask guys questions about you know, their experiences and this and that and what they faced and, you know, uh, you know, and different experiences. And I think that the reality is, is that it's super important that we have those conversations. I think about guys like, you know, Will Disley and Hollister and, and, and Greg Olson and, different guys have, and Luke Wilson, different guys are saying, you know, you know, what can I do? How can I do it? I, mean, I want to listen more. I want to do this more. Hey, I, I want to ha- actually make a difference. If, if somebody uh, talks about, you know, um, and, and I believe it was uh, Luke that mentioned this, or one of, one of our teammates mentioned that, you know, if, you know, if somebody's talking bad about one of my black friends, I want to make sure that I say something, you know, and just making sure that we're doing our part 
you know, from a bigger perspective, obviously police reform and everything else. I also think what, what is right is the ability to protest, you know, and what's going on is people are protesting. Then, you know, we, we have, you know, uh, you know, uh, police and, 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 and the national guard coming in and, and it's, and it's, it's overwhelming and not allowing people to do what, what their right is. And that's to protest peacefully. And that's a shame, you know, that's a shame, you know, and, uh, you know, and some of the biggest changes um, in our, in our, I go back to Martin Luther King Jr., you know, and, um, you know, and, you know, and just these, these massive, you know, uh, ex- experiences of so many people coming together. And that's when changes happen. And sometimes uh, in the midst of the storm, um, it takes some, it takes uh, people to be able to come together. And what I, what I do, what I, what I want to highlight and what I do love is when I see, you know, uh, you know, blacks and whites protesting together and, you know, experiencing things together and, 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 and fighting for the same cause, fighting for black lives, fighting for um, what should be right, fighting for goodness, fighting for love. And what I do love is, even though this isn't always the case, but what I do love is sometimes when you see a, poli- uh, a group of police officers, I remember seeing on social, I believe that there was a, um, a couple of police officers. I think there was a guy in Flint, Michigan, and I'll see several other police officers that actually walked with the walk with the protest and um and from you know and just being able to be a part of the process and 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 not trying to just prevent it um because i think the reality is is that if we do that um it's never going to change so you know i I challenge also the leaders you know uh, of our of our government politically i also challenge you know the you know as you mentioned the police officers and such the, the ones that do have um you know, the right heart and the right soul, um, to be able to make the right decision to, to help and to step in and say, we're not doing that. We're not going to, we're not going to do this this way. That's important because if you're, if, if you're feeding into it and allowing it, then it's that you're also part of the problem and people need to make the right, um, people need to make the right, be the right leaders and the right people need to be leading and everything else. And so I think that's really, really key. 